everybody. This is Rich Sports Talk broadcasting on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker, and available for download on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Make sure to reach out to us on Twitter at the handle Rich Sports Talk and, of course, online at richsportstalk at gmail.com. A lot of great things coming up. We're going to reboot this podcast a little bit. We've got a lot of great new segments coming up that I'm really excited to share with you. And I'm going to give you a little sneak peek at one of them today before we get into our fourth and goal episode. And one of them is going to be, it's coming out this week, it's going to be Sucks to Be. I'm going to go, this is going to be a new segment on the podcast where I'm going to explore an athlete, a team, an organization, something to do with sports, and go, man, it sucks to be them right now. And I give you why it sucks to be them. And I will go in-depth this week on a quarterback that had a big loss this week. So you want to stay tuned so you don't miss that. Make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss that episode coming up. A bunch of other new segments coming up. We're gearing this podcast. We're still going to do the draft stuff. We're still going to talk sports, but we're going to be gearing it more toward great storylines that appeal to you, the fans. And I'm really excited about this change in the podcast. We're still going to have all the great stuff you come to know and love, but we are redoing this and I think you're going to really like it. But without further ado, let's get into fourth and goal. Our latest segment, the four biggest topics in the weekend of the NFL going game by game. So first down, first topic of the week. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Indianapolis Colts. The big storyline from this game, the NFL is smiling because they have found what I think is the next great rivalry in the NFL. We were spoiled for many years with the Peyton Manning and Tom Brady rivalry. Two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game going at it year after year in meetings that were memorable. The fourth and two game. All those AFC Championship games, and finally, Manning pulling it out to beat Brady and finally get to the Super Bowl. I want you to think right now. I want you to envision this. The next decade, the great rivalry in the AFC, Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes. You saw saw the first bit of it, and people are saying, well, wait a minute. How is this going to be a rivalry? Both these teams now are set at quarterback. And they have the three biggest things you need to win in this league. They are set at head coach with good offensive minds. They are set at franchise quarterback. And they are also set in the front office. Both teams have an abundance of cap space and draft capital over the next couple of years. These are going to be great rosters with great quarterbacks. Let's face it, Brady, he's only got a couple years left. Even though he consistently is showing me that father time may finally take an L with Tom Brady. But let's be realistic. That's probably going to end very soon. So what do you have left? Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck. Why do I think this is going to be a great rivalry? Because both of them are at the top of their game. They're both two of the best quarterbacks in the AFC. And more importantly, they're in winnable divisions. Like I said earlier, the Texans window, in my opinion, has closed in the AFC South. And despite the AFC West, I think will get better. I look at both these teams saying, look, they're going to probably win the divisions for their the next five, six, seven years easily or at the very least be wildcard teams. So they'll be in the tournament, so they're going to face each other. I think the NFL is going to put these two teams together in primetime television when they can because these are two of the best quarterbacks. Andrew Luck is healthy and Patrick Mahomes. They're guaranteed to have good games. Both are going to have young rosters. So this, to me, has all the potential. I want you to think about this. Really imagine it. Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Luck. And I know Andrew Luck to a lot of people is kind of boring, but man, he can light up the scoreboard. And let's face it, 
Andrew Luck was kind of Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes. And I understand physically Mahomes is well above Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck used to do things, and I think we're starting to see it again. Ajima, wow. I've never seen that on a football field. That is incredible. That movement, that arm throw, that ability to fit into that tight area. I'm telling you, keep this in mind. The NFL is very happy about this. This will be the definitive next version of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, the next great rivalry in the AFC. And sports are built on rivalries. Ratings are built on rivalries. Think about this. When the AFC was at its best, it was Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, whether he was with the Colts or with the Broncos. When you had those two going at it, those were the most entertaining games that I can remember. I mean, we think about this league. Think about Staubach versus the Steelers and Terry Bradshaw. This league is built and better when you have great rivalries with great quarterbacks. And right now, the AFC is poised to have that for the next decade with Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes. Now, I understand that there's a lot of good young quarterbacks in the AFC and we can see other rivalries develop. But the reason I think these two will be there for a long time, they both have offensive coaches, they both have a great front office, and both have young rosters around them. I see a long window for both of these teams, which means that they're going to be in the postseason. And this is probably not the last time we're going to see Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game. And boy, I'm excited to see the next round. And I think this is going to be the next great rivalry in the AFC. Heading into second down. And I know the first thing to talk about out of that Dallas Cowboys and Rams game would be Dak Prescott and paying him. But we'll get to that eventually. And I'll tease it a little bit too. We're going to have him in a new segment that we're going to have coming up on the podcast. But did you notice how the announcers talked about how, wow, if you were Sean McVay's dog walker, you're probably a head coach now. What has been the biggest storyline this entire offseason with the head coaches? It's been the hiring of the McVeighs. If you knew Sean McVay or you were in his coaching tree, you likely got a head coaching or offensive coordinator position. And if you didn't, most likely that team was looking for the next great offensive coach. Adam Gase for the Jets isn't from Sean McVay's tree. But he was considered Sean McVay before Sean McVay three years ago with the Dolphins. And we saw it last night. I mean this weekend with the Rams. I apologize about that. We saw it with the Rams this weekend. Todd Gurley was not 100%. This offense had not been good the last couple of weeks. And even in this game, Jared Goff did not look like he was that confident player we saw earlier this year where he looked like a possible MVP candidate. Despite that, the Rams had a great game plan. And against a great defense that, may I remind you, held the great Saints offense in check on a Thursday night game. This defense is arguably one of the better units in football. And they were carved up by C.J. Anderson. This was a great night for the Rams, and it was a great night for For a lot of these owners who are justifying their hirings because they're saying, see, this is why we hired this guy because he knows Sean McVay. And, you know, I'm still waiting for Sean McVay's barista to get a head coaching job next year. 
But I digress. And we saw it because McVeigh is an innovative thinker. I want you to think about this also with Sean McVeigh. One of the benefits that a lot of these head coaches get, not all the time, but usually, is they get to pick the quarterback when they go into the draft process or really convey to the front office who they think would be the best quarterback for them to work with. McVeigh did not have that. He inherited Jared Goff, who looked like a bust. And he has done what the NFL really needed. The NFL needed L.A. to work. It was the second biggest market, and it had failed twice there before with both the Raiders and the Rams leaving in 1995 this needed to work in that first year at the rams after eight weeks man the nostalgia wore off and it was like wow this team isn't that good so they hired sean mcveigh and the owners see what he has done reinvigorated that franchise and made them work in los angeles and made them work with the flair because in los angeles it's not about being good it's about standing out it's about being innovative. The Chargers were one of the best teams in the NFL this year, had a loaded roster, and a potential Hall of Fame quarterback. Yet no one cares about them in that city. No one cares. The LA Kings have been a great hockey team for years in Los Angeles. No one really cares. What draws people in Los Angeles? It's the flash and the substance. The Dodgers have been great, but they also have stars. The Lakers were a good story for five years with good young players. Why did they get interesting all of a sudden? Because LeBron James joined. They added a star. Why are the Rams working? Sean McVay is a star, and he fits Hollywood. Good looks, young. If I was to cast a movie for a good young football coach, Sean McVay would be the first call. He looks Hollywood, and he is the star of this team. He is marketable. He is everything that Los Angeles needed, and this is a copycat league. And you're seeing everyone. They're looking for either someone that knows Sean McVay or they're hoping to get the next Sean McVay, who basically turned a fledgling Rams franchise into one of the most high-powered offenses in the league and now a step away from the Super Bowl. This was a big win for him. Because I want to remind you, if he had lost this game to the Cowboys, this would have been the second year in a row where the Rams, who were built to win a Super Bowl, would have lost in the opening divisional round. So this was a big win for him, the league, and for all those owners who are justifying their hirings of coaches where people are going, wait a minute, why is this guy getting a head coaching job? And the owners are saying, and my, this was my favorite comment from Arizona, was in the press release, I'm not kidding you. They put that... Well, Cliff Kingsbury is friends with Sean McVay. I've never heard that in a press release for a new head coach that he was friends with another head coach. Not what I would put in a press release, but, you know, they're trying to sell, hey, Cliff Kingsbury, if he wants, hey, he could whip out his iPhone, text Sean McVay, and he might get a response. But it's showing you the power that McVay has had on this league. Because everyone is trying to emulate the success of the Rams, especially fledgling teams who have seen how quick that turnaround is. And with young quarterbacks who have seen what Jared Goff was to what he has become. And they are saying, if he can do that, we can find a guy who can do that for our young quarterback. So it was a big night in L.A., not just for the Rams, 
but for the league and all those owners who are looking for the next Sean McVay. Third and goal coming up, and this shouldn't be surprising. Death, taxes, and New England winning. I want to talk about New England very briefly because New England is the dynasty. No one really wants to talk about and acknowledge, but we have to appreciate. New England has done something that lost in the context of their greatness, I don't think will be remembered. We've seen all the winning streaks, all the home winning games, the playoff wins, the playoff appearances, the Super Bowls. But there's one record they set this weekend that I don't think people will remember, but it truly is a great accomplishment. Remember when Andy Reid took Philadelphia to five NFC championships and the thing was in Philadelphia, well, he lost in four of them. Do you know how hard it is to get to the final four in the NFL? It is incredibly difficult. The Patriots, this will be staggering. And I want you to really think about how impressive this is. Are going to their eighth straight AFC championship. Their eighth straight. So just think about this. The final four in the NFL, the last eight years has had the New England Patriots in it. That is an unprecedented run of success. And they've done it with less talent. And I've known everyone has heard this storyline. They have the system, the Patriot way. They have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. People were saying, well, this team, they're not that good. And even Tom Brady after the game saying, man, everyone thought we suck. Well, I was not one of those people that fell into that trap because the Patriots are different than everyone else. 31 teams are competing to get into the postseason. The Patriots are like the Golden State Warriors in the NBA where they just view the regular season as a time to just get through the games and experiment. The New England Patriots, I used to say, used the first four weeks of the regular season as their preseason to figure out what players they were keeping and make the necessary roster moves. Now, if the deadline moved back to eight weeks, you can make that case for the first eight weeks. But now we've seen that they use the 16 games of the regular season to just figure out what they're going to do and the role players for their team. New England doesn't have the best roster. If I was to put the Chargers roster next to the Patriot roster, top 10 players, seven, which would be Chargers. Yet New England, because they know their team so well in the role, and through 16 weeks they have groomed every player on that roster to understand the role they play on that defense or that offense or that special teams role, they are more prepared for any situation than any other team in the NFL. And that game was a statement and an emphatic one where everyone was like down the Patriots saying, oh, the Patriots had a bad year. Really, they were 11-5 in the second seed, and if Gronkowski could tackle, they would have had the number one seed because they had the tiebreaker of the Chiefs. They came out against the Chargers, who everyone was saying, oh, the Chargers, they're going to upset the Patriots. This is the best team in the playoffs to upset the Patriots. Well, Patriots, they took the Chargers to the woodshed. That game wasn't close, and it was a statement saying, you think we're out? You don't think we have a shot to win the Super Bowl? Well, keep downing us. We'll show you. The Patriots are the best team at adjusting. They took what the Ravens did successfully against this Chargers team and used it against them. 
And to me, if that's been the biggest thing about this Patriot dynasty has been the consistency. It isn't the name brands. It isn't even in Belichick and Brady. It's the system. It's how they are prepared in every week. They make the adjustments to win games. There has never been a more consistent franchise in the NFL than the Patriots. This dynasty, as I call it, has been going for well over, is closing in on two decades, and it still doesn't look like it's ready to stop. It's hard when you're not a Patriot fan to name five players on the Patriots, and yet everyone has a role that they fulfill. They come out to play, and they always are prepared. And for the Patriots, once again, they're in the Final Four. And it isn't a surprise because unlike every other team that's playing to get to the postseason, the regular season for the Patriots isn't about making the postseason. It's preparing for the postseason. The Patriots are ahead of everyone. Because while everyone is getting ready for the postseason in that first week, the Patriots have been prepping for 17 weeks. And finally, the biggest storyline of the offseason has officially begun in Philadelphia. What to do with Nick Foles? And this will by far be the most interesting story we have this entire offseason. Now, many of you know, as I proposed, that the Eagles consider resigning him and maybe trading Wentz. And if that's the better option, to sign Nick Foles to a cheaper deal and move on from Carson Wentz. It's one of the great debates because Carson Wentz is an elite talent. He was nearly the league MVP before tearing his ACL. However, he's never appeared in a postseason game for the Eagles. The Eagles have had him the last two seasons with season-ending injuries. And his backup, Nick Foles, a castaway from a former regime, has not only come back, but has won four playoff games with Doug Peterson. And, oh, by the way, brought the city their first Super Bowl in the franchise's history. The Eagles will have a hard choice. Could they bring back Nick Foles as a bloated salary to be a backup? Absolutely. And it does seem for the time being that him and Wentz can get along. But they're going to have to make a decision. Because for this team, they have to choose a direction. And they have to show Carson Wentz, if he's the guy, that he truly is the guy. Does that mean moving on from Nick Foles? Trading him for pieces? Absolutely. But then that you bring up the risk of this. If they move on from Foles and Wentz gets hurt, what are they going to do? And are you really going to get back what Nick Foles is worth to that team? And more importantly, and the storyline no one is talking about, is this. I want to remind people that Nick Foles has had an incredible career in Philadelphia. He's tried going away from Philadelphia, and it hasn't worked in his career. There's something magical about him in that city with Doug Peterson. It works. Just want to give a fair warning to people looking to trade for Nick Foles. Sometimes a player matches a city and a franchise perfectly, and that's been Nick Foles. And we've seen this countless times in NFL free agency where a guy who looks like the perfect player doesn't work in a city. Why? Because of either a coaching, a scheme, or at that point he's got his money and he doesn't care. I don't think Foles is the latter, but we've seen him go on to other teams before. 
we forget that he was at the point of retiring because of how badly it had gone outside of Philadelphia. So the big thing for this offseason is everyone's talking about what are the Eagles going to do? But for me, the biggest question isn't what the Eagles are going to do, is what are other teams going to do? And for a team that will invest, and you're going to have to, I don't think it's going to be a first or second round pick, but if you're going to invest in Nick Foles, it's a cautionary tale. Because we've seen this before with countless quarterbacks who have been traded and they don't work to other franchises. Remember Rob Johnson with the Buffalo Bills? He was replaced by Doug Flutie. And then they tried starting him in a playoff game. And it was a disaster. There have been countless quarterbacks we've seen go to other systems, other teams, and other coaches. And they don't work. All I am saying is this, Nick Foles is great in Philadelphia, and he will forever be intertwined with the history of that great franchise. But for anyone interested in finding their next quarterback, I will just say this, buyer beware with Nick Foles. It's working in Philadelphia, but if you want to invest in Nick Foles, I want to ask you this, will he work in your system, and are you confident he will be the same player he is that he's been in the postseason? Because he's been great in the postseason, but that's a short season. Can he be the guy of your franchise for 16 games? And that is going to be the biggest question this offseason. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you for joining us here on 4th and Goal. If you have any questions, email us richsportstalk at gmail.com. And remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest content. And a reminder, we're going to have a new segment. Well, this sucks. And it's going to be on certain athletes coming up. Actually, it's going to be sucks to be. It's going to be a fun segment. It's going to be on a quarterback who it sucks to be because he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. That's all coming up on our next episode. Make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest from Rich Sports Talk. Thank you once again so much for joining us. I'm Nolan Rich, and until next time, this is Rich Sports Talk.